So they're like, eh, whatever. It's the Greece. They fuck boys all the time. <laughs> I think that was that was the logic behind it. Like, Hey guys, welcome back to Merlisten, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin, where we talk about the show, the ships, the fandom, and the characters. I'm Miss Snowfox. And I'm Momotastic. And today we have another fic-related episode for you. We have already covered a couple of different types of genres of fic in the Merlin fandom. And today we have for you reincarnation or Arthur Returns slash Fix-It fic. A lot of different types of names going on (laughs) there for this genre. Um, But we're going to get into what that means and all the rest of it as usual. We're very lucky. We have two amazing guests with us today, uh, one of which you guys have heard before, and that is Marky. Say hi. 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 A brand new guest with us, which is always such a treat because that means we get to hear all about their fandom history and the like. And so we have with us Isaac. Hello. 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 (laughs) Lovely. So before we get into the ins and outs of the episode proper, uh, we have some admin for you. Yes. And we will go straight to news. Remix Apart is a new challenge in which Partfickers sign up to have their Partfick remixed in a new written fanfic. It's a multi-fandom challenge. Signups open in March. We'll make sure to remind you on time. Game of Cards is another multi-fandom challenge in which you get sorted into teams and try to earn points for your teams by participating in various games, challenges, memes, etc. It's unclear whether or not signups are continuously open or not, so please check out the community on LiveJournal for more information and or to ask the mods. Welcome to Camelot is a roleplay. You're looking for players to be cast as some of the knights and miscellaneous side characters. Check their blog on Tumblr for more information and how to sign up. And that has been it for news. Back to rocks. It's me. So we have some talkbacks for you today as usual and this is your reminder guys that we are now only reacting to talkbacks left on the website but you'll get all the information about where you can leave comments after the talkbacks are done so so the first talkback we have is from archaeologist d diane and uh she left us a comment on our episode review of the labyrinth of gedref and as always left us a lot of really awesome detailed feedback so we're just going to read some of it out for you so she says I also loved Arthur's wardrobe in this episode. Lol, Merlin is pure, as in untouched. Since this episode has a mythological feel to it, in a lot of ancient stories, the person touching the unicorn is untouched. Also, sometimes someone who is magical would need to remain pure in body and spirit to channel their magic. So I really thought that this episode was telling me that Merlin was a virgin at this point in the episode. And since the unicorn moved away from him and didn't approach Merlin at the end, obviously Merlin was no longer untouched. Maybe on the beach after Arthur woke up. Because that's the point I was making in the episode. Um, any thoughts? Because you guys obviously weren't with us for the episode review, but we were having this conversation at what point uh, Merlin swiped the card. <laughs> and, and I'm I still maintain that 
it just because the unicorn turned away at the end, it doesn't mean that Merlin lost his V card sometime during the episode. It just means the unicorn saw Merlin standing right next to Arthur, the person who shot the unicorn in the beginning, and went like, nope, not going there again. <laughs> yeah, true. I just think the, the unicorn learned its lesson and figured, I'm out of here. Uh, it's just, I never thought of it like that. Um, maybe it's just because I'm so pure of mind, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I was like, oh, it's a unicorn. <laughs> I think the more entertaining uh, solution is that at some point between the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode, something went down, and I'm willing to believe it was during the rat stew scene. <laughs> that was my <laughs> headcanon. <laughs> and we had a long conversation that got cut from the episode <laughs> about what could have happened. But I like Archie's version as well, that it could have happened on the beach. Hey, if you don't mind stones and sand in weird places, it can be very romantic. <laughs> I never thought of it. Like, I, I just sort of assumed that things happened. Like, not necessarily sexual things, but it's... I want to say it's a family show, but is it? But... I, I I just never put so much thought into it, I guess. I mean, it's fun, but... I mean, to be fair, in the canon, like, in the canon of Merlin, the uh, mythology around this particular unicorn and the version they want us to know is that you have to be pure of heart, and that's what they are pushing in the Labyrinth of Gedref. So, yeah, like, they they don't talk about physical purity quote-unquote at all but I think because we the audience who maybe are more knowledgeable about mythology and mythology surrounding unicorns know that that is also associated with it it's a very funny thing to watch (laughs) if it's about purity of heart I don't remember if we talked about this in the review but if it's about purity of heart and Arthur proved his like his pure heart at Merlin apparently had it from the beginning then why does the unicorn turn away from them in the end if they are both proven to be pure of heart that's a much more interesting question and i think it's that one of them if not both of them were drinking coffee at some point before the canon of merlin (laughs) but that's that, that doesn't have to do anything with the purity of your heart yeah i mean but also i don't think that it was mentioned in the episode in terms of the law that the unicorn would be like would would walk away from you if you weren't pure of heart like i think it was more to do with the fact that you have to be uh, prove yourself to be pure of heart in order to stop the curse but it didn't actually like we know that the mythology is about like that they would use virgins to trap unicorns because they would be lured to them but the actual like they don't say that they would be lured by someone pure of heart so i think again that's just something that we were reading into but it's just i think it's very funny (laughs) i mean like i'm gonna say something i said on discord uh yesterday but i don't think the writers thought that much ahead (laughs) no definitely i mean we all agree on that (laughs) we just like to play devil's advocate (laughs) we just like to pretend that the writers were thinking about what they were doing because then it's more interesting (laughs) rather than just going oh well it makes no sense that's because writers fucked up it would be very short here on my listen if 
that's all we said every episode, even though we still say it every episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Um, then the next part of Archie's comment is, as for Colin being thin, which he was, I think that Colin was filming the island over the hiatus. I'm not sure that he was filming Parked by then. Colin was much, much thinner in the beginning of season two. Ah, uh, where's Rock and Vaughn when you need a Colin yeah. expert to clear up the exact circumstances of Colin? Please comment. Bodyweights. <laughs> Please comment because, like I said, for in my opinion, he's noticeably thinner by the Labyrinth of Gedreth than he was in the Dragon's Call. So either hard work or something he was he was uh, prepping for some kind of a project. So um, I'm just very curious about the circumstances of that because I'm nosy and I must know all the things. <laughs> um, then she goes on to say. About the bed moving, I wouldn't put it past Arthur to make Merlin move the bed every couple of days just because it would annoy the hell out of Merlin, which, yeah, I can see him just sitting there being like, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. But poor Merlin, like, Arthur knows that Merlin is not actually strong. Obviously, Merlin can't use magic to move the bed. Just, like, have you seen Arthur's bed? The thing is massive. How is poor Merlin supposed to move this all by himself? I'm sure that it would have been a bunch of servants along with Merlin helping, like, moving the bed. And it's just, Arthur is inconveniencing half a dozen servants just to fuck with Merlin. My and also just to fuck Merlin. <laughs> he is make. Have you seen the first two minutes of Valiant? <laughs> yes! But this he is... doesn't this care is about much, that. <laughs> that. This is much further into the season. Arthur has already learned to be nicer to people ah yes but we have said that labyrinth of gedreth has probably been put in the wrong place <laughs> um, I, sorry are we implying there's actual character development on this show oh there is, <laughs> there is. you should listen to our season one <laughs> recap which is coming out right now <laughs> it's airing as we speak there is slight slight change like there are changes they are very minor but they happen <laughs> yeah it's not just uh it's not just um goblins and trolls uh which just seems to be the go-to kind of like complaint i have whenever i talk about my <laughs> goblins and trolls new drinking game from melissa and take a shot anytime rocks complains about goblins or trolls diane continues i love arthur's thriller jacket it is so not historical but it's pretty momo is so funny that she keeps track of the outfits Listen, he had a lot of outfits in this episode arthur had such a good varied wardrobe in the first season i am upset that it disappeared at some point so i have to make the most of it while it is still there that's true but i just the thriller jacket is not I love it. nice but it's, it's terrible really nice. and that's why i love it it's like kanan <laughs> you, you only like kanan to annoy me you yeah. don't actually like Kanan. <laughs> no, I like Kanan now. I've decided to like Kanan now. Not just to annoy you, but just on principle because he's such a terrible villain. <laughs> I love him now. Oh my god. Um. So Diane continues to say had to smile about watching and realizing where they're going in the actual castle versus what's on film. Filming is actually amazing in how they put these things together. Uh, which we agree. And yeah, we now spend mm -hmm. a lot of our time going, oh, I wonder where that is. I wonder where that is. <laughs> um, that's not actually where this corridor goes. It's basically what I do. It's just like, that's not where this is. <laughs> uh, rat stew. 
I think they wanted to have some fun with something that was otherwise a pretty angsty episode. In the stew, it has to be vegetarian since Colin eats some of it. There were mushrooms in it. I wasn't sure if they added tofu for Colin. It sounded pretty gross, although it looked good on camera. And that's what I said, wasn't it? It actually looked kind of like I'm I always feel quite hungry after I've seen that scene, although maybe I'm not hungry for food, just hungry for the two of them. But um, it, I think... Oh. <laughs> jokes humor <laughs> attempted humor <laughs> um then archd goes on to say the evan fighting scene i'm not sure it has to do with the insults or his father initially this man has tricked arthur into giving him food when people were starving and arthur is at fault for falling for it then he started insulting arthur for being a fool and how easily he was tricked which was really making arthur upset and it's only when Evan brings Uther into it and how Uther must think he's a fool too that Arthur really loses it. And once Evan sees that he's pushing Arthur's buttons, he goes for the kill. I can't even remember what we were discussing concerning. <laughs> I was just thinking that. That's I the same thing. I was like, what were we talking about? <laughs> I think what I said was, I can't believe Arthur is so stupid to fall for him. I think we were also talking about how bringing up Uther in this episode to push Arthur's buttons didn't really make sense because I mean they have some conflict but not really a conflict yet at this point in the episode like the conflict only really starts after this so there is no no real reason for Arthur yet to feel like he's a disappointment to Uther in this episode I don't that... think that's true I mean like yeah maybe this episode specifically but Arthur, like, Arthur the character, obviously, is very, like, wants his father to approve of him. I mean, you have, is it 109 with, um, with the, the Tristan? Um, yeah, you mean yeah. Excalibur, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that whole episode is basically about how much Arthur wants his dad to approve of him. Yeah, but then he gets this approval at the end. Yeah, like that, that that's that's the thing and then then between those two episodes you only have moment of truth so there's no real like coming out of Excalibur where Arthur and Uther have really sweet moments together at the end and it and the relationship seems like it's on the up and then moment of truth which doesn't really feature their relationship at all and then it's Labyrinth of Gedrif where up to this point where Evan provokes Arthur into killing him there is no conflict between Uther and Arthur. So that's, I think, where we were like, it just, it doesn't really mesh. But know? I don't think that the question is at all whether there's conflict between Uther and Arthur. It's whether Arthur would have fallen for a stranger baiting him with his daddy issues. Because it's so clearly, like, made to bait him. And yeah. Arthur is not stupid. And I'm j and like even the line, he must wonder if you're even his son. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> what is that? That means nothing. So I just, for me, it was just kind of like, Arthur, I know you've got a lot on your mind right now, but you're not really helping the people that are telling you that you're a bit of an idiot. <laughs> because it's just, oh, you're just, act I don't know. But it just seemed a bit kind yeah. of weird. But I suppose, it, I mean... Yeah, he's got a lot on his mind. He's got a lot of issues. It kind of works, but it just felt a little bit. Um, and this, it doesn't help that the guy that they cast to play this dude was just a. He, he just was a bit flat in general. Like I didn't really, but whatever. Um, then Archd goes on to say, I agreed with Uther in the scene with the food and asking another kingdom for help. It would have led to war, and I think we said the same thing in the episode, didn't we? 
I mean, I, I said that just a couple of, like, in the beginning of the season, Uther made a peace treaty with Bayard, so I would assume that he could have asked Bayard, Bayard for some help. Obviously, he couldn't ask Zenrit, but he could have asked Bayard for some help with the food. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, it's tricky when you are a kingdom surrounded by other kingdoms and you don't want to appear vulnerable because maybe you're afraid that even if you secretly ask Bayard for help, someone else will find out and realize what's going on in a tagging yeah. way. So that Bayard would have like enough food to supply an entire kingdom. No, yeah. but he could have maybe helped out a little. I mean, they had rations, just not very many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then Archie goes on to say, Never take out the rat stew scene. I love that darn scene. And we love the scene, but we were just kind of in awe at how much screen time this B-plot was given. (laughs) We were just like, how on earth is this rat as like one of the characters of this episode? But no, the rat stew scene is a classic and I would I would never be, you know, parted from it. But still, I'm just like, oh, man, you know, you could have had something of substance in its place. But you know, never mind. Um, she goes on to say, the labyrinth is really tiny. The camera shots make it seem larger. You should go visit it and visit Puzzle Wood too. And Archie is a bit of a vet when it comes to Merlin locations. So <laughs> she, yeah. she, she knows her stuff. Um, as for the so keen to die for me line, in the poison chalice, Merlin drank the poison for Arthur, but also he was required to do so and really had no choice with Uther ordering him to. And let's face it, if Merlin had refused, Uther would have grabbed him and poured it down his throat anyway. Whereas in this episode, it was entirely Merlin's choice to die for Arthur. So it didn't feel out of place for me. I don't think that Uther would have forced it down Merlin's throat. For, not, not, I mean, first of all, not personally, and also not in general. He might have like made someone else drink it now that he's you know, passively suspicious of the thing. But I... Yeah, I don't think Uther would have actually made Merlin drink it either way. Um, and also in the episode, Arthur says to Uther, he knew what would happen if he drank from that goblet. He saved my life. So he's aware that Merlin did it for him. You know, it's not like he didn't say to Uther, oh, he's such a good servant. He sacrificed himself for the good of Camelot. Like he knows that it, it that it's yeah, personal. Exactly. So, so yeah, the way the scene went down is that Arthur tried to stop Merlin and Merlin insisted on drinking it. And that's what actually happened. And that's how Arthur experienced this moment. Yeah, and this just further proves my theory that after the poison chalice, all the characters experience amnesia <laughs> because <laughs> there are many things that happen in the poison chalice that have no consequences attached to them and are never brought up again. <laughs> and it makes me very angry. <laughs> I, I think it's more like the poison chalice was very like spur of the moment. It's like, Oh, adrenaline, Arthur may be dying, blah, blah, blah. I have to grab the, the goblet from him. Whereas in, in Labyrinth of Gedrath, it was more like they were sitting at a table. It was chill. It was a beach. The sea was next to them. We're like, wow, nice. Sun out. There's a goblet. We can take like three hours. And it's, it's like more calculated, I guess. Yeah, true. That is true. They're very different situations. But, um, 
So Archie goes on to say, I do like what Colin did in this scene. Merlin looks shell-shocked, like he couldn't believe it. But later in the series, he's been through so many things that he's allowing himself to go full anguish mode. I can see, though, why you'd both feel that it was flat. Yeah, I just don't like the performance in that scene at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it it, it kind of looks like an SNL skit. It's just like, a bit like... I agree that even when you take into account that by Diamond of the Day, when we heard these this really terrible scream of anguish from Merlin after Arthur <clears throat> falls asleep, um, that they've known each other for for much longer, that they have a much stronger bond than they have now, but it's still it's you know Merlin is already aware that it's his duty, his destiny to keep Arthur alive, and he's failed like two months in. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I feel like this goes for everyone, even though like everyone's like, oh wow, Colin is so good, and he is good. But you in season one, you can still like really see that they're sort of getting used to their characters and the situations. Where in it's is season five, it comes to them as easy as breathing. Mm-hmm exactly yeah. um and it and you know it it could have been that it was you know a very harsh environment to film in or that you know the director wasn't very good but yeah it's just a bit a, a bit disappointing really um uh, duh, duh, duh. and then archd finishes up her amazing feedback with you never did talk about the giant green gourd or the cucumber gaius was carrying it at the end i found it hilarious and i was gonna mention it but we were already recording for so long but yeah he's just like the harvest is back and he's carrying this massive courgette <laughs> or whatever it is it's huge it's i didn't so, even notice it's so distracting <laughs> it's amazing i didn't even notice go back and I watch just... it Apparently, this is nothing out of the ordinary that it would catch my eye, or maybe I just ignore Gaius that much. Um, and Archie <laughs> just says that this is one of her favorite episodes of all time epic and mythical and murthery. And that's kind of what a lot of us love about Merlin. So, yeah, we're glad you liked it. <laughs> okay, one more talk back. Uh, we know that these can get quite lengthy, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, Irene, I hope this is how you want your name pronounced, uh, commented on our character study of Merlin. So this is a far throwback to the very beginnings of Merlin. And uh, Irene said, Gosh, I totally agree with wondering why Merlin is almost always the gay one, especially considering the majority of Arthur's crushes on women were due to an enchantment. When you get down to it, the only woman he truly cared for was Gwen, and a lot of his favorite things about her are the characteristics that are remarkably similar to Merlin. Clumsiness, awkwardness, tendency to call him out on his BS. I think, because I think it's it's somewhere in your commentary, but you, uh, Momo, don't you have a headcanon, or is it you? I can't remember that Arthur might be demisexual. I do, yeah. I yeah, have the, so that, yeah, like, so that kind of fits in with what this person is saying, is that he um, he is attracted to Gwen, but actually uh, a lot of the things that he finds attractive about her are also qualities that Merlin shares, so that could kind of back up that up, that if you see their connection yeah. as romantic, then, you know, there are a, a lot of shared qualities there that, you yeah. know, he actually likes about both of them. Yeah. Can I comment on this real quick? Please, please, please. do! It is, um... I, I had Canon Merlin as gay, which I think everyone knows about by now. Um, but it's, 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 I don't know, I, it's, it's more like, you know, in Lamia, he's like, they're like, oh wow, he's not attracted to her because of the magic, ooh. But I'm like, 
well, maybe he's just not attracted to women at all. And I think that, that you can make more of a case for Mulling not being attracted to women than you can make for Arthur, because I think Arthur is pretty explicitly attracted to women. I mean, for sure, Morgana in season one, I mean, she comes in in that, you know, that red dress, and he's like, God have mercy. It's yeah. like, but you wouldn't just say that out of the blue, you know? And I, I'm, and I mean, of course I ship Martha, but I wouldn't discount his affections for Gwen. I do think that's genuine, even though, like, I don't ship it, but I can see it. So, I don't know, I, that's maybe why I just had Kenan Arthur's by and Merlin is gay. I don't know. Let's not forget about Mythian. I don't think Arthur was attracted to Mythian necessarily. I think he considered Mythian a very responsible and sensible option and it didn't hurt that she's gorgeous, but I don't think Arthur actually had romantic or even sexual attraction towards her in the beginning. He certainly liked her, that's for sure, but I don't think Mythian is necessarily uh, a character he felt attraction, like romantic or sexual attraction for. I That's my personal opinion. I still think he should have married her, but I think he might have been attracted to, or he could have been attracted to Elena in that way, but I also don't think that he was on the show like, in that one episode, but I think that no. he could have been, you know, he could have come to like her. I think, though, when you kind of look at the, uh, don't forget these characters, you know, in this show, it, it's never good, you know, like the writers don't care about that kind of stuff. And obviously it would never actually apply to a show like this. People, you know, are coming out right and saying what their sexualities are sort of thing. But I think obviously people will read whatever they choose to, which is 100 percent OK. But I think the reason why I was a little bit confused as to why in fic Merlin is always characterized as uh, written as the uh, the gay one and Arthur potentially as the bi one if they're not both gay it was because in my memory Merlin showed visible interest to multiple women including yeah. Morgana, Nimue, Freya he even looked quite happy and excited about the fact when Gwen kissed him even though he didn't see her in that way, when it happened, he was still kind of like, ooh, that's more than fine. So I remember quite a few occasions on which this was, um, even Lady Katrina, when she was like, ooh, at least I wasn't undressing. And he's like, hmm, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I think that that always really surprised me that he was always characterized as the uh, the gay one rather than the buy one TM, you know, sort of thing. Whereas, yeah, Arthur kind of, wasn't really into Elena, wasn't really that into Mythian, we think, maybe just because his father told him to, and wasn't into Vivian, definitely. And we don't know how soon Sophia's influence over him started. So the only concrete, certain attraction towards women that we have can really say for sure he has had is for Morgana and for Gwen. And so it that isn't necessarily um, kind of balanced and i always find it interesting that if people are writing them as like by at all that they're not just both by like based on canon and not just their own reading of the characters and yeah that just always really fascinated me and i'll be honest i actually don't think i've read 
many fics in which they're by at all but if i if i have i think it's always been arthur rather than merlin which i just always found very very interesting that's just because you don't read my fics sorry <laughs> arthur's al- al- always by in my fics merlin what? i'm talking about being merlin bad. is also mostly attracted to anyone <laughs> Merlin is just. Merlin is also super bi or pan, however you super want it. Super bi. <laughs> like a superhero name, super bi. I think it might be that, but for a lot of people, I'm not going to call out specific people, but you know, I love to talk about this. Is um, they see Merlin as the more feminine one or sassy one or whatever, and they're like, feminine equals gay. Oh yeah. For them, the queer thing. coding definitely. But uh, this happen. Yeah. It's because Merlin is heavily. Uh, we we mentioned this very briefly in our last episode in the uh, season one recap. No, in the sorry, in our Q and A session. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that Merlin is very queer coded with like the you know sort of twinky feminine sort of look that he has, being the one who needs rescuing from the strong. Uh, no, by the strong big man and all of that actually we're really interested to find out what you guys had canon the boys as and or just any of the characters really like if they were living in modern day and what they might identify as because i think it's really interesting to kind of see where people get the like get their head canons from because at the end of the day you can probably head canon them for whatever you want because they live in a medieval society in which like labels weren't really like talked about or a thing so you can do whatever you want so, uh, if that's all we have to say about the talkbacks, I think we're all talked out about the talkbacks. Yes? <laughs> yes. Is, that, is that correct? Lovely. So, yes. if you would like your talkback, uh, your comments, sorry, to be featured in the talkback section, section on Melissa, then uh, you should leave us a comment on the website where you found this podcast, and that is melissa.paracaproductions.com or Google Melissa. It will uh, be on the first page of Google. You can find it very easily. And if you're either not bothered about having your comment featured or you actively don't want your comment featured, then you can leave comments in various places, including the following. On Tumblr, you can send us an ask or reblog the post and leave your comments in the body of the post. You can tweet us at Merlisten, or you can join our dedicated episode reactions channel on Discord, and the invite link is on our Tumblr. Or you can leave a review and a rating on iTunes. That would also be amazing. Or you can send us an email. At merlisten.podcast at gmail.com. That's that's the email address. um so so many ways for you to get in touch with us and in the places that we don't react to on air we will get back to you via that platform so we'll respond to your ask or we'll respond to your tweet or we'll chat on discord uh if you want to be featured go to the website it's very simple so uh let's move on we have a new guest with us as we said at the beginning isaac and this is the segment that we call fandom history so we like to find out how isaac got into the merlin fandom what he does in fandom and just some general information about him so over to you okay well um hello i guess my name is isaac you've probably already heard me talking a bit uh, a lot because uh, i'm very opinionated um you can find me on like Tumblr and AO3 under the names Soft Murther and Red Eyed Wrath, and I um, write fix, sometimes make gifs, uh, cry about Arthur, and that's it basically. Um, 
I got into Merlin, funny story, um, because I was friends with uh, couples only, because we had a, a pairing in common, and she just kept reblogging gifts of this show that looked really gay, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta watch this sometime. Like, what am I doing? And she encouraged me, and, like, I didn't know much about Arthurian legend. Like, I knew there was, like, a king and a sorcerer and a sword and a queen and a knight. And that's it. So I got into the show. It was campy and fun and, you know, yay. And it was gay. Um, and then I got to the end. That was... <laughs> yeah. It's not campy and fun, but still no. gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I cried. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got into, like, I started looking at fix immediately because I was like, I gotta fill this void in my heart. And, and that's sort of how I fell head first into the Merlin fandom. It was plot pulls only, only's fault. So you didn't watch it live or anything like that. You watched it once it was all finished. Yeah. Isaac is much too young. Isaac is yeah, a baby. Um, oh yeah, of course, of course. When, so yeah, you'd. <laughs> When Merlin was airing, I couldn't actually speak or understand English. So, <laughs> is there no is there no Dutch I dub or on TV when it was being aired? But like, what was it like 2008? Yeah, I was like 10 at the time, and really not interested. So, yeah, I I, I mean like I vaguely remember a cave, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so I. Yeah, I, I got Netflix and then yeah. things happened. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't have to be subjected to Christmas Eve and uh, Arthur's death. Unfortunately not. <laughs> and Bradley, Bradley tweeting, Merry Christmas! I mean, really <laughs> uh, though. I, uh, I mean, my first fandom experience ever was in 2014. And I was uh, 14 or 15 at the time. So, um, yeah, no, I was way too young okay cool amazing so um another one joins the club as it were the merlison club which we we always like so um shall we talk about some thick seeing as you segued us very nicely into that um, <laughs> yeah definitely. Isaac, uh today we are talking about uh, reincarnation slash arthur returns i like arthur returns i don't know why like that to me is just I don't know, but that's what I like to call them is like Arthur returns fic. And I mean, there are there are different, like not exactly different genre. Like I grouped them together for this yeah. for this episode, but like reincarnation is different from Arthur returns. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So let's do some definition. Oh. <laughs> let's try I'm not scared. to get into fights. I'm scared. <laughs> like, okay, let me just. Okay, when I think so, if we're taking them to mean different things so reincarnation thick if i was to tell you what i thought that meant that meant depending on whether you are writing it with the impress like post season five i would probably still group it with modern au like student prince but arthur returns i assume we probably can all agree that arthur returns is a specific kind of genre of fic that was written after season five because Arthur returning is now made canon by the finale of season five at some point, and Merlin being immortal is made canon uh, by the ending of season five. And so we know that after the show finishes, Merlin lives forever. We don't know how or when he's going to die, and he's waiting for Arthur to come back. And that genre of fic is taken from that end scene. And 
so I don't know if I would classify Thick written before that point as Arthur Returns, even if he does, because I always associate Arthur Returns genre with like the ending. I don't know if anyone else does. I mean, I I almost agree because like Arthur Returns is literally what you said. Merlin is immortal. He has been waiting for fifteen hundred years. For Arthur to come back or maybe he hasn't been waiting but it's been 1500 years and then Arthur one day walks out of the lake or falls from the heavens or however he comes back but just like he comes back the way he left the world he's basically full fully grown man you know just he comes back I would say that fig like this could have been written previous to the season 5 finale but I don't think if it really has been written, because none of us knew how season five was really going to end. So I don't know if people envisioned this exact scenario enough to write fic for this contingency. While where his reincarnation fic is, you know, they are all reincarnated, they are reborn, they all died at some point, and they just keep coming back. And that's a separate genre of fic we're talking oh. about. Well, for me, Arthur Returns is, like, specifically, like, he walks out of Avalon, everyone thinks he's a crazy cosplayer because he's wearing armor, and then Merlin comes to rescue him, and then modern age, whoa, how does everything work? Yeah. Whereas reincarnation doesn't exactly require Merlin to die, necessarily, but everyone gets reborn. Yes, true, you are right. Yeah. So so I I would say Arthur Returns specifically is more like sort of post diamond of the day but considering like even the original Arthurian legend was like Arthur will come back one day and he's sleeping uh, at like in Lake Avalon um I would say maybe some people envisioned it maybe not exactly like that but it could have been written before season five yeah I think it probably was at some point we maybe just haven't seen any of it or haven't heard of it but my question I guess is in also, that you case you don't really I mean you don't really check the date on when it was published when you read something exactly um but that's why i'm i guess i'm asking are we considering reincarnation to be almost like we're grouping them together for the sake of this episode but are we considering them two separate genres because for example the student prince which i know you've got in your notes here momo i would never in a million years consider as part of the arthur return slash reincarnation family of post season five because it literally, well, A, it has very little to do with the plot. Like, the reincarnation aspect has almost nothing to do with the plot of that story. You could lift it and the, and, and the plot would remain completely intact, apart from the dragon wouldn't say, oh, this story will repeat itself again and again. And obviously none of the characters, including Merlin, know that... No, like, but I, I do back. consider this reincarnation, because for me, reincarnation is they all, or most of them, come back, whether Merlin was immortal the entire mm-hmm. time or not. And there are references to canon. Like, mm-hmm. even if they don't necessarily remember their previous lives, but there are references to what happened in canon. So I do consider Student Prince reincarnation fake, just like I consider, for example, Defenders of the Realm reincarnation mm-hmm. fake. Are they reincarnated in that as well? Because yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I've not read it. Okay, uh, cool. Yes, I mean, it was written previous to season two, so um, 
you know, some things are different. Yeah. But um, the characters did get reincarnated, and there are like, I think the, I think the yeah the dragon is still there in some mm-hmm. capacity, and there are like references to mm-hmm. uh to previous lives that they have had. Yeah. I think Merlin at some point has sort of a vision of his life in Camelot okay. from canon era. Well, what I would say to that is just two points. Is The first one, in terms of student prints having uh, um, things relating back to canon, I mean, literally most modern AUs, I, the one that I can think of off the top of my head being two weeks' notice, has many... Um, relations back to canon for easter eggs for the readers and it doesn't you know like if you remove the reincarnation aspect from student prints it would just be oh that's a cool easter egg to what happened in canon but But i guess the link is in in student prints is there still like reincarnation in this case is there is still the link through the dragon for example where he's in two weeks notice there are these easter eggs but they are there for the readers they are not relevant to the plot like if if you didn't have these easter eggs then it would still it would still work as a modern au but like you don't have the actual link to canon. i know but i'm saying imagine if reincarnation was lifted from the student prints it would just be a magical modern au i'm finding it hard to marry because so so if a fic was written post season five and was reincarnation and you know it was just basically that, that sort of plot obviously that would then be canon that would be considered to be part of can like not not part of canon fic but part of the canon uh plot because of course that could have happened you know we know that 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 could have happened whereas of course student prints not necessarily so i find it really interesting to compare reincarnation fic that was written before we could have ever known that this was ever gonna fucking happen (laughs) and i don't think any of us like this was like a pipe dream you know like oh like if these characters were around in modern day and they could have been reincarnated and obviously that's kind of exactly what happened whereas you know i wonder if kind of do you see those like in equal measure in terms of what what those mean like oh because whenever i think of student prince i put it first as modern day au second probably as reincarnation because i'm kind of like aware that oh yeah like a it's there but it doesn't really impact the plot in any way and b like it's it really doesn't relate much to the canon full story as we knew it because it was written at a time when no one knew that this was going to happen and i'm curious on your guys's take about the difference between those kind of timelines of when these reincarnation fics are written well i think as long as it mentions reincarnation it is reincarnation mm-hmm. uh, like it doesn't necessarily have to be like an important part of the plot but mm-hmm. But as long as it mentions, I think it as it mentions reincarnation, I think it qualifies. Like mm-hmm. there is there is clearly a difference between like reincarnation and just throwbacks to canon that are only in there because we know canon exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think when I think of reincarnation stories, whether they're in fanfic or just uh, in general. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking specifically of stuff concerning like, you know, paranormal YA, you know, um, people usually remember, right? Like at some point, at some point in the story, they will remember their past lives. And because that doesn't happen in the student prints, I'm always like, oh, I wish that did. Well, they don't, I don't think they have to remember that they, that they had a previous life mm. for it to be a reincarnation 
Of course, yeah. And like, of course, it would still fit into the genre if it's mentioned by someone else. I guess I'm always just kind of hoping that that will be a part of the story because I think that otherwise I'm just sort of like, oh, like that would have been nice. But um, obviously, but but we're saying then that, re- that reincarnation as a genre is separate from Arthur Returns fic for the um, reasons that Isaac's said. Well, I put together like my own list of fics, which are either reincarnation or Arthur Returns, which I really like. And I, I was just looking at them, and I realized that I consider them mostly separate, but sometimes they overlap for me. Uh, like, I have here, um, I keep going over the world, world we knew over and over by Melusita, which is reincarnation. Like, Arthur doesn't come out of Avalon fully formed. But the reason I would consider it Arthur Returns is because of the plot. Because, like, mm-hmm. the summary ends with this. And that's before he even meets Arthur Pendragon, whose answer to climate change is going to save the world, because apparently just saving Britain won't be enough this time around. <laughs> but then, so then I would consider that Arthur returns, but like another fic I have here is Now I Will Unsettle the Ground Beneath You by New Breed, yeah. which is purely like um, they are reincarnated. Arthur doesn't try to save the world. It's just about the connection between them. So because it, like, because um, the fic by Melisita like explicitly mentions Arthur having to save the world, I on some on some level still sort of consider that Arthur returns because he returns as like yeah for a purpose for a reason yeah exactly yeah there is also the some another way how they can sort of cross over these genres is when and I've seen this happen is where like Merlin has been immortal Arthur has returned fully formed from the lake but other characters were I was about to say that yeah I was so about to say that <laughs> this is how you can also sort of cross them over in a very easy way that Arthur like so either uh let's let's conclude Arthur returns is either Arthur just returns or he is reincarnated for a reason which would mm-hmm. count as both reincarnation and Arthur returns yeah um, or he is just plainly reincarnated with no specific purpose. I mean, in Defenders of the Realm, for example, um, they are all reincarnated, and Arthur and Morgana are definitely um, working for the for the police, and they have to figure out and then stop a plot by Mordred to like Mordred in this in this story is a white supremacist and he's trying to kill all the non-pure Britons basically so they are trying to first they have to figure this out and then they have to they have to stop him so it is about you know uh, stopping him but it's not explicitly said that it needed Arthur to do this I think I'm not entirely sure but I suppose you can make a case for this being both reincarnation and Arthur returns yeah I I think the way probably that I would think about it uh, subconsciously in my head is that I any fic in which Merlin is immortal based on canon and from the end episode and then whether Arthur comes back in terms of being reincarnated and born from a baby or the other characters coming back or Arthur walking out of the lake and the other characters being born and coming back but Merlin was alive this whole time I probably would consider Arthur returns with reincarnation elements in it whereas if Merlin has died and never was immortal and is re- like if Merlin himself is one of the characters that are reincarnated I would just 
think of that as a straight up re- a reincarnation fit because of course that didn't happen in the show he yeah he, yeah, well, he didn't die for me it's like i i also i have here like journey into the interior by amber don't know if you guys have read that phenomenal it's basically porn with a little plot but it's like sort of like merlin is immortal but he's forgotten and he works in an erotic massage parlor so like Arthur sort of does return in a reincarnated version in which he's not Arthur Pendragon but looks exactly the same and is exactly the same. But I don't know if I would consider that Arthur returns necessarily because he's literally just there to have sex with Merlin in an erotic massage parlor. Mm-hmm. But does it? But like, is the actual fic known and clearly set like where Merlin never died but he just forgot and Arthur yeah. has actually yeah well, I mean you know I, yeah but not every Arthur returns I guess needs to be you know war and peace you know <laughs> it can probably just be a you know a big coffee parlor with us some... <laughs> 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 return for the purpose of having sex with Merlin that is a noble cause <laughs> maybe we will save cause. Elvion In my mind, Arthur Returns is an umbrella term, and then there are two branches. The first is Arthur Emerges from the Lake, and the second is Reincarnation AU. Okay. I like that. So what do you say to the umbrella when Merlin has died and is reincarnated? Because that, of course, didn't happen in canon. So is that still under your umbrella? Yeah. It's a reincarnation of you. Arthur returns, even though Merlin is not immortal. It's still an Arthur returns because it's an umbrella term. Okay, so Arthur returns doesn't necessarily encompass canon storyline then. Not necessarily, no. Even though it's a genre that was created after the finale. Yeah. It wasn't created after the finale. Well, Arthur returns. No. Really? Yeah. Like really? really? Oh god, this is another Marky was here for our big fight about canon. It's <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm just genuinely curious. It's asking because I don't know like as much, but I I didn't know that um Arthur Returns was a genre prior to the finale. I I had never seen people writing about it, but if they were, I assumed they weren't in the quantities that they were after. Obviously, it was canon that Arthur would return. Yeah. Did people write Immortal Merlin before the finale aired? Oh, like, definitely, because Immortal Merlin was already a concept, because Emrys literally means immortal. Yeah. This is not an in, uh, this wasn't an invention by BBC's Merlin. Emrys has always meant immortal, and that's why people already headcanoned him as immortal and thought about what if... I mean, because obviously Arthur was never going to be mortal. So even if they didn't know how the show exactly was going to end, they knew how the legends were going to end. They knew that eventually Arthur would be killed by Mordred, even if potentially we never got to see it on the show. So they already knew it would happen. And then Merlin would most likely continue to live. So there is an argument made for, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much of that fic was written before the series finale, you know, I I don't know. I didn't go check. I'm a bad statistician. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's, you know, in theory, I'm pretty sure. Because that's where also the, the, the modern AUs that were written after season one 
come from is just this idea of Merlin lives forever and sometimes this means he just never dies and sometimes it just means he gets reincarnated over and over. I think this is where some of the post-season one modern AUs just come from. Oh, I just assumed that they were sort of like when Harry Potter fandom writes non-magical AUs, it's just what if this would be fun but not in the way it was in the books. So now that we have kind of a general idea, because I, I quite like Marky's umbrella term, and I think that if you consider that Arthur Returns as an umbrella isn't necessarily going to encompass things that um, are going to comply with what happened in the finale, then I think that that's probably an umbrella that you know you could use for, for reincarnation and Arthur comes out fully formed which just sounds really weird <laughs> like, Arthur, like it sounds like he's coming out of his mother fully formed which is just like painful <laughs> like that would hurt um, I went to uh, AO3 real quick and I know that AO3 isn't that old compared to the Merlin fandom but um so I went into the to the tags so uh, I sort of did from before uh, the 31st of December 2011, there are no fanfics tagged Arthur Returns on AO3, but there are uh, a few, like under 100, that are tagged Reincarnation. That's exactly what I thought. But, you know, AO3 was not the first yeah, place exactly. where people would post Merlin fanfic. Like, as much as I love my stats, and thank you, Isaac, for enabling me and for... Supporting me in this, um, but I wouldn't, you know, put too much stock into these numbers solely based on what's there on AO3. Also, people are crap at tagging their things, especially in the older fix. It's just, uh, yeah, I feel uh. like a lot of people just <laughs> don't like not to disparage anyone or just to blame it on that. But I feel like a lot of things is just people don't necessarily tag their works really well so yeah i think probably what i was getting as at was that arthur returns as a concept in the way that we're describing like arthur returns probably is a fair generalization to say that that concept was not widely written and considered kind of its own genre until the season five finale because not many people probably were even thinking that that would have been a thing and it was considered more of an au whereas arthur returns is like literally could be canon like like it could have happened in the show so i think yeah yeah so i think that's probably where i'm getting at but i think an umbrella term works pretty well because then you have reincarnation which can have yeah i guess whatever variety and some will include canon some will include au because if merlin died then that's obviously au and then some will include arthur walks out of the lake um not necessarily what do you mean that merlin died is au we don't know that the guy who like the old merlin who was walking past avalon has been immortal all this time he could be reincarnated I think that you're like scraping the barrel so much there, Momo, <laughs> that your fingernails are bleeding. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's supposed to be immortal. I'm just saying he doesn't necessarily have to be, if that's what you choose to oh, believe and please. put in your fanfic. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> you need to be stopped at this point. <laughs> But I find it really interesting this whole uh, that we're discussing this genre because as I've probably mentioned many times on this show, I um, was 
very active in reading fic and fandom uh, during my years in it from 2009 to the end. But towards kind of season four, um, I believe season four was when I got into the Glee fandom. And as you guys know, the honeymoon phase in a new fandom is very much real and you uh unfortunately neglect your first fandom or the other fandoms that you're in slightly because you have all this new fic and the ship i shipped was actually canon and it was glorious and i fell off the wagon a bit and also because i knew we were only getting five seasons i think i was preparing myself at the end and merlin was my first fandom and it was going to be painful and then season five was a bit lackluster for me content wise and so i didn't read much then and when the finale happened i was still in glee fandom very much and we were still getting quite a lot of good content fit wise out of that and i just couldn't bring myself to read merlin fic i don't know if it's because i like i think almost like reading stuff that was AU in the sense that it pretended like the finale never happened was painful, but then reading stuff about the finale was also painful. So I just couldn't do it. So I actually don't think I've read any of these kinds of genre fics because I kind of stopped reading after the finale because it was just too much. (laughs) It was just too much for me to handle. And I was like, I'm going to pretend that it never happened and I'm going to deal with my angst with vidding instead. And I made vids that made a room full of grown people cry twice. So (laughs) that's what I chose to do with my time. So this is literally the worst, like, discussion for me to try to weigh into because I, I think I have one wreck today. And yet, and yet, you've weighed in so much. Yeah, because I, well, because I hear you talk about it a lot, so I'm like, I feel like I, I've heard a lot of stuff. But also, you know, I think it's kind of, you know, there's it, there is stuff that draws from canon, there's stuff that doesn't draw from canon. Like if Merlin died, unless you're in Momo's AU, then it clearly. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> For me, what's so like interesting about reincarnation and Arthur Returns specifically is that it seems to be, to me, at least, like I haven't read very many other pairings, which people know, um, other than Merthyr. So for me, it seems like a very Merthyr-specific trope, because what is the point of Arthur Returns, like from Avalon, if you don't like shit Martha. Like maybe so interesting. I mean there is there's always the Arwen shippers. But like before 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 we started talking, I I went into AO3 again. Surprise. And I started like filtering and that if you filter out Merlin slash Arthur and Merlin and Arthur, you know? Yeah. Uh when you go to reincarnation, there are only three hundred and eighteen fix left. There you go. So it it seems so Merthyr specific because we know that Merlin is immortal and to to be fair to be fair a lot of the fandom is Merthyr specific like if you if you you know cancel out all the Merlin like the Merthyr stuff or even the Merlin and Arthur friendship centric fics um, out of literally any pairing or any trope or genre in this fandom the number will dramatically drop. But to be fair, art like that does almost make sense, even going off of canon, because the way that the writers chose to end the show itself was Arthur dies in Merlin's arms, Merlin will be immortal, and Arthur will come back to him one day, and literally no one else matters, bye. <laughs> like, so yeah. 
They ended the show with Martha and they made sure to end it in a way that when Arthur comes back, it will only be the two of them and no other characters are coming back. Like, so I think it's kind of, it actually is appropriate in a way for Arthur Returns to be Martha specific, at least in this one genre, because it's very compliant with what happened in the show. Yeah, that's fair. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Hell just froze over in Rux's basement. (laughs) For me, it's just like, I I don't understand what the point would be. Or of an Arthur Returns if it wasn't Martha. Well, yeah, like, maybe this is just because I haven't read any of it, and it's my imagination that's limited. But, like, say you ship Pawain. Why would you write an Arthur Returns or a reincarnation fic? Yeah, that's true. The only reason I guess you would uh, write, well, at least write Arthur Returns is if you shipped another character with Arthur. So, I guess the only big one... That's an interesting question, though. Do we... um, Like, if it's reincarnation fic that isn't specific to author returning or isn't you know doesn't hinge on author returning but it still features characters who are being reincarnated like for example percival and Gwen. does it still go under the author returns umbrella because it's still you know it's still these characters from canon Mm -hmm. The umbrella has been broken. <laughs> so, By Momo. Asking this question, like you're making everything much more difficult. I know, I know, <laughs> I love it. I'm just, I'm just asking because. What then... if? Okay, what if we renamed the umbrella post canon? Would that yeah, work? Yeah, yeah, that might work. Canon episode. But post canon, yeah, post canon. That depends on, is it really, does it stop in canon, or does it stop when all the canon characters, apart from Merlin, have probably, like, is it just still the lifetime of the characters, or is anything post-canon that is set after canon? Well, I think we agreed that canon ends with the death of the, uh, ends with the death of the characters in Merlin that aren't Merlin, so I guess the youngest one would be Gwen? Yeah. 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 So canon ends with Gwen's death. I was and about any- to say it's Mordred, but Mordred is already dead. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for me, it's it's um like let's say you write like an Arwen fic where Arthur returns, and you then like barely mention Merlin or don't mention him at all. Why would you do that? Because literally, the show ends with Merlin waiting for Arthur. I mean, I honestly. I don't see a problem with that personally if you choose not to include Merlin in your story for whatever reason because that's your choice and it can still be set in that post-canon umbrella era in which Arthur has returned in some capacity even though Merlin isn't around. Like, I don't it doesn't necessarily hinge on Merlin being there for it. You I know. think it depends what kind of fic you're writing, because if you're writing a very short one-shot in which Arthur and Gwen are reunited, uh, yada, 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 you're not really going to focus much on other characters anyway. Like, So, for example, Isaac, in the fic you mentioned, where it's in the exotic 
parlor uh, place i uh, i can't remember what the fic was that you said but that it was like very little plot if it's if it's based basically that sort of fic then um if it's arwen based then you're probably not going to need much input from the other characters anyway if you're writing something that's a little bit more plotty and a bit more involved i guess it wouldn't make sense to exclude merlin maybe because he and and you want to relate it to canon because obviously yeah he was around and was a big part of Gwen's life anyway, you know. But um, I but I guess obviously it's because we write from our shippy point points of view. So there's probably plenty of Mirtha fics out there that don't include Gwen or Morgana because they're just about the boys. So I guess probably if you're writing from Arwen, you could do a similar thing. But because Merlin's the protagonist, where we notice his absence more than we would notice like Gwen or Morgana. Is um that's yeah. my assumption. Like I I get it if it's like a one shot or it's or if it's porn without plot, you know. Like, how many characters do you need to feature in a PWP? Oh, well. <laughs> it's not so much about needing, it's more about wanting. <laughs> um, yeah. I can I can give you a list. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. But, like, you get what I'm trying to say. If you are going to write, like, a longer fic... Yes. And you are going to, like, focus it on, I don't know, Arthur slash Gwen, and... Merlin plays, like, only a minor part in it, then, like, that just wouldn't make sense to me. And I don't mean, like, Merlin should be, like, a major part of everything, but it's just, it literally ends with him waiting for thousands of years for Arthur to come back, and if you then just sort of close over that, I don't know. Oh, I think I see what you're trying to say. I think I see what you're trying to say. That because literally the actual plot of the entire show Merlin ends with Merlin waiting. Like, that's what we... And not, say, with Gwen waiting. (laughs) That if you were to write Arthur slash Gwen and then you completely glossed over the fact that Merlin's been waiting for 1,500 years because it was more... But, like, he was still in the story. It would feel weird because that is literally what the show ended on. And that's... Yeah, exactly. But that still requires... Like, it really depends on what the author and also the reader are trying to get out of the story if you from your perspective from your feelings if what you need from this is you know need this addressed in some way then obviously you are looking for it you are expecting it you want it to happen or if you're the writer you are going to write it into your story but if this is not what you want to focus on for whatever reason you have not to focus on it then you won't and this goes for both the author and the reader like this is very like i get where you're coming from but this is very subjective this is what you want this is what you expect from author returns fig that is plottier and where merlin does play some sort of of part you know this is what you want from it because you need this for yourself for whatever reason you know but i wouldn't necessarily need it if i read a fake that is arthur Gwen reincarnation or uh, arthur returned and Gwen was reincarnated you know whatever i i wouldn't personally need that for me i think it also depends on what you think happens to merlin during all those millennia of waiting yeah it might be that, you know, he's got the show must go on attitude and then yeah. he's got a contained pity fest around yeah. the anniversary of Arthur's death or it's millennia of grief. It depends on what perspective you take on those millennia of waiting. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because but, 
millennia are millennia are a lot. It's a lot of time. Yeah. And during all those years, you know, Merlin changes. So yeah. it depends on, on your take on those millennia of waiting, I believe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And like like I I, I'm, I just I just keep reiterating this because I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea and I know I don't want to sound like if you don't agree with what I'm saying, like you're bad and everything you do. No, is no, awful. we don't think that. No, we don't think that. Just, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's it's just like I don't know. I it's just such a big part for me personally, and this is like just just another thing. But Marky, what you said, I absolutely agree. It's this is something I've talked about before. Something I would like to see a lot more of, which I have actually a fic planned out, is like in a lot of Arthur Returns fic, Merthyr specifically, when Arthur returns, Merlin's like, "Oh yay, you're back! We're all happy now. The world is great. Rainbows, unicorns, butterflies." Um, but but like if you have to wait for a millennia and a half, like you you'll go insane. So what I would like to see more of, which I'm not saying every fic that doesn't do this is bad, because I love every fic, but is, like, show how fucked up Merlin gets, basically. Yeah. You're speaking my language, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> there, is a really, there is a really cool fic that I uh, was looking for the other day, and I'm glad I, I found it. It's uh, called... Uh, heap of broken images the digital life remix and it was written by i forgot i'm sorry but it's basically about arthur uh, was i believe reincarnated and he remembers his old life or he starts to remember his old life when he finds a picture online and he starts following the the person who's posting the pictures and the person posting the pictures is merlin and an author starts remembering his old life and he tries to get in touch with Merlin. Uh, with Merlin. And uh, Merlin eventually says something to him to the amount of, I don't want my life to be about you anymore. And yeah. um, that Momo, is... Momo, I think you should leave. And I mean, <laughs> I, think the rem- I think the remix ends with like Arthur just trying to be like, it doesn't have to be, but I would still like to know you now. And then uh, it sort of ends open-ended, hopeful, murthery, I think. Uh, but I really like that because it addresses sort of what Isaac said would be nice to see more. That, that all this time waiting, Merlin has changed. That Merlin has um, gained a new perspective on things and has uh, settled into a life that works for him now and then Arthur shows up out of the blue and suddenly Merlin is supposed to you know turn everything around and make his life about Arthur again when for so long Merlin has worked hard to move on from that to find a life that isn't about Arthur that you know to find a life that has meaning even without Arthur in it and it was hard for him to do and it took a long time for him to achieve that and now he has finally achieved it and now Arthur just shows up again and uh, Merlin is worried or fears that it is expected of him that he goes back to this old life where everything was about Arthur and then obviously because Merlin uh, is immortal and Arthur is presumably mortal again it would happen again to him that Arthur that he loses Arthur and then he will have to move on yet again like i'm reading 
heart between the lines of this story and it's been ages since I've actually listened to it but I feel like this is something I can understand and which is why I actually like the story and I wanted to find it again so I can I can read it again or listen to it again oh. is because of these themes where it's not all like Isaac said it's not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies it's actually you know Merlin had to overcome a lot of grief and a lot of things in order to survive no <laughs> stop <laughs> what you're doing now <laughs> sort of like i'm i'm writing a meta about season five it's gonna be great whatever but like this is what i i have thought about this a lot is that like arthur dies um and like that two sides of the same coin Ooh, but this means that as long as arthur like is dead they are sort of like connected and Merlin is immortal. So in that sense, Merlin starts to sort of resent his own destiny and resent Arthur in turn because Arthur is the reason that he is still alive after all this time. And he starts to like, like get angry and, and really, and then Arthur comes back and he's like, he expects everything to be the same. And Merlin is sort of like become this bitter old man. And then he promised Arthur that I don't want you to change. I want you to always be you. And then that didn't happen. And he, then he gets angry at himself because he couldn't, like, keep that promise. And, like, it's, it's a lot of anger and angst. <laughs> I think I read this post once where it was kind of like the perfect tragedy of the cycle of their story was that, like, Arthur dies and Merlin is immortal because he can't, he, you know, he can't die. And then when Arthur returns, he'll bring Excalibur back with him. And then when it's time for Arthur to die a second time, Merlin will be able to use Excalibur to die because it's the only thing that will kill him. There is a fic about that. Is there? I need to read uh, it. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, it's called Breaking the Circle by Riverthorn. Okay, cool. I'll have to definitely check that. I mean, I mean, I have a lot of Arthur Return stuff that I have to read. I just don't know if I'm ready for the angst. That's the thing. But I was thinking of like a really cool uh, headcanon based on what Momo just said about like Merlin living his own kind of life uh, while Arthur was gone and trying, or, or at least trying to live his own life. And I, um, I kind of was thinking, you know, when Arthur comes back, and I'm sure there are fix like this. So you know, this probably isn't a novel idea, but in my head, I, I, I quite like the idea of well, what if when Arthur comes back, he's already with somebody else. And then like, he is trying to not let Arthur being back influence his relationship. And then he can't actually stop the fact like eventually that he wants to be with Arthur. And like that obviously will happen. That is sort of in a vague way, the plot of now I will unsettle the ground beneath you. Because it's, um, I have this from my recommendations, but I'll just mention it now. It's, um, they were all reincarnated, including Merlin. He's not immortal. He was reincarnated. And he meets Gwen, and they, they get along really well, and they, they get together. And then through Gwen, Merlin meets Arthur. And the moment he meets Arthur, they both, like, both Merlin and Arthur start, like, feel drawn towards each other. And Merlin you know he's he is with Gwen and he likes Gwen a lot maybe even loves Gwen but he keeps thinking about Arthur he keeps talking to Arthur even though he knows he probably shouldn't because of how drawn to each other they are but he also keeps dreaming about Arthur and about their old life and uh yeah eventually 
uh, it does break his relationship with Gwen, and it's just that. So that is sort of that. Plot. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think, but I think there is something that I I love. Yeah, like about that. But I kind of like the idea of Merlin being with someone who's just from our world, like that isn't actually a part of this, and so they wouldn't even understand. Like they don't even know he's immortal. Yeah. and then yeah and then arthur comes back and merlin not and i mean i don't know if i would prefer that arthur remember or arthur not remember but i think it's sort of like you know maybe what's holding merlin back to his relationship that he's been in while arthur's been gone is because arthur doesn't remember and he's not remembering and so he's like well i'd rather be in a relationship with someone who actually knows who i am you know rather than Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't and then maybe him remembering is what changes things but i think there's some really delicious rom-com angst that could come out of that so if anyone's feeling inspired let the bunnies attack (laughs) um i i just thinking about like a sort of fucked up dynamic got me thinking of this one fic which I see Marky you have read because you left kudos um (laughs) stalker (laughs) Isaac stalker (laughs) Isaac it's um it's not reincarnation and it's not Arthur Returns but it's it's called Pockets Full of Stones by Kionspo if that's how you pronounce it and um Basically, the summary is, you can't, Gwen says in a patent voice, Merlin, true or false, if Arthur had so much as a single gay bone in his body, a single gay hair on his head, even, you'd be married to him by now. And it's basically a sort of like the unrequited love aspect of of Merlin's life sort of revolving around Arthur, but Arthur constantly being around other people and liking other people more than Merlin, and it's just fucked up and beautiful and i love it like it's so painful which is why it always stuck out to me because it's like so real i guess but yeah i was thinking you know that the the dragon at the end goes like um i'm paraphrasing because i don't remember exactly what he said but it was something like um when albion's need is greatest arthur will return and i was thinking what could possibly grant a return when considering all the historical events which were a close call to Arbin's need is greatest for Arthur's well, return. <laughs> I read something interesting on Tumblr about this because I actually uh, read that someone had said that because Merlin was so instrumental in, you know, Arthur surviving all these years and essentially if it wasn't for Merlin there would be no kingdom because Arthur would have been killed by now. That he kind of embodies what Albion is and his kind of values and how he treats people and his compassion is what kind of is what that means and he is the reason Albion exists. And so they kind of associated Albion almost like with Merlin's needs and that basically Merlin has lived all these years and one day he'll just get to the brink like that Arthur's not returning Arthur's not returning and he is going uh, he's uh, doing everything possible he can to try and get through it but he can't and then the day that he tries to kill himself Arthur returns because Merlin's need finally was there for Arthur to come back and he does but I can't really imagine what historical event could possibly trigger anything unless like yeah we consider Merlin being at the edge of despair to be what triggers Arthur coming back Um, because surely the holocaust would have done it well, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to say that as a trope, like Arthur returning because Merlin's need is great. It's because there are so many, like, and I love it, but there are so many reincarnation fix and, well, specifically Arthur return fix where Arthur returns because Merlin is like sad on the brink of insanity or whatever. So I was going to mention that as like a trope. <laughs> Yeah, that's I. Th- I mean, again, I've not read any, but I imagine that would probably 
be quite quite I mean what would your um kind of headcanons be then for like what would what would possibly prompt Arthur to come back like if it if if Merlin wasn't the reason well there's this there's this really great fic called uh, Awake by Corey Lanham which is kind of Arthur Returns I guess but um it's sort of like Merlin lives in Avalon and Arthur wakes up like every two years and then he falls back asleep um and in the end Arthur fully returns because uh the moon or a meteor or something is on a crash course with the Earth, and it's either the entire Earth just disappears, or Arthur does something. <laughs> well, that'll do it. He's carried yeah. Merlin to use his powers to stop the meteor. Yeah, I was exactly. going to write that. Yeah. It's very good. That'll it do is. it. <laughs> um, I imagine, uh, again, I think, I think this is based off of uh, stuff that we've discussed before me and Momo because I've said oh I would I would love to see a fic like this but I imagine probably like the confused uh, fish out of water Arthur kind of like what Thor is in the first Thor movie is probably quite a big part of these fics am I right yeah 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 I mean to 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 varying degrees like a lot of them will have Arthur being able to speak and understand modern day English but there are only a handful of stories, I think, that have him, you know, actually not understanding anything because the Britonic of the Middle Ages, 500 after, uh, you know, in, in the year 500 or whenever it's supposed to be said, was a different language than we are speaking today when we are speaking English. Uh, but yeah, other than that, there's a, there's a bunch of stories with like Arthur adjusting to modern life. I gotta mention the vibrator fic. I'm wrecking that! Yes! <laughs> it's the only one I've read, which should not surprise anyone. <laughs> that is the. the well, I can't say it out loud. Oh, the vibrator fic. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Okay, but it's it's that, but it's also like uh, going to like Tesco's and Arthur being like, "Whoa, there's all these vegetables! Wow!" But yeah. then. Something I I really like, and this is very self-indulgent, is um, Arthur, like, Merlin and Arthur walking on the street, and they come across, like, uh, queer people who are being visibly queer, and Arthur's like... Mind blown, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys prefer these kinds of fics when Merthyr has been a thing already, or do you prefer them when... Because obviously at the time, you know, these things weren't discussed. And even though obviously male-male relationships did happen, it was most certainly not the norm. And maybe they didn't realize how they felt for one another, that it's not until they're in the modern day and Arthur is exposed to these ideas that they actually get together. Like, do you prefer one over the other? I'm a big fan of the get-togethers in general. So Me too. A lot of, yeah. 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 So I would think... It- I, I don't think I've ever actually read like fix where they were um, like together and Arthur returned fully with that knowledge. Like usually it's been like Merlin knows that they were together, but Arthur hasn't quite remembered yet. So I don't know if that uh-huh. would count. I uh, guess it kind of does. I don't know. Maybe it's a subgenre. <laughs> yeah. I don't don't know. start. <laughs> <laughs> Subgenre. I'll beat you around the head with your subgenre. <laughs> I want to see you do that. I uh, will if they were 
actual physical objects. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, mostly it's like getting together, which is like great. I love that kind of stuff, and I love pining and angst. So you know, yeah. um, I think like with the they get together stuff especially like if they don't remember or not remember i think that that like those those sorts of things i would definitely like love to read i guess um i was gonna quickly go through like the actual like name the actual tropes i mean we did yeah. sort of talk about around them a lot which we didn't really name them so i would just like you know have a have a nice list so we talked about the getting together or getting back together sort of stories which could work for Martha and could work for Arwen and can work for all kinds of couples. We had Arthur learning how to live in a modern world. We sort of had Hurt Comfort. I put Hurt Comfort down. Like, Merlin has been missing Arthur terribly and then Arthur finally returns so Merlin can be happy again. We sort of had that. Mm-hmm. Then there's one thing that we didn't really mention is talking about the past TM. Is uh, where, you know... When Arthur learns about Merlin's magic and then he comes back and then Arthur demands to to hear about all the things that Merlin did for him because Merlin didn't really tell him that much during their couple of days together while they were traveling when Arthur mm-hmm. was injured. So I see this a lot where like Arthur is like, so Merlin, it's been 1500 years. Why don't you tell me exactly what you did all this time in Camelot? Mm-hmm. And I also have... Arthur being reincarnated over and over again through the years, or all the characters being reincarnated over and over again through the years. I'm thinking of this one thing. I naturally do not remember anything about this, except this one detail is that they get reincarnated over and over, and it actually started before they were Merlin and Arthur. So it's uh, it dates back even further, and I think the first is Arthur being incarnated as Alexander the Great, and then Merlin is uh, whoever it was that was really close to Alexander the Great. I'm blanking on the name. Hephaestion. Yeah, probably. Mm. So that, and then, you know, they get reincarnated through the ages as these great, important people. And Merlin and Arthur are just one of their incarnations throughout the years. Mm. So that's something I've, I've seen happening. Or even just, you know, Merlin and Arthur were their first, were their first lives and then they get reincarnated throughout the history a couple of times and one thing i have also seen happening is uh characters being reincarnated as actors or other famous people as their own actors like you know there's brolin fake where uh colin and bradley are actual reincarnations of merlin and arthur that's so cool and i think there's also there's one story uh that is told i think from arthur's point of view and they are being reincarnated and you have like these like you have references in it but not until like it's merlin arthur i think Gawain, and one other knight and you don't realize until the very end that they were reincarnated as the members of the band and (laughs) gosh Yes, characters reincarnated as directors or other famous people. Is there any other like common trope or characterization that I've missed here that we talked about or that we didn't talk about? Yeah, but I, um, I can't come up with anything, so... Okay. I mean, there is, in reincarnation fig, there is, like, you know, 
this thing of like having dreams or visions of their yeah. past and not knowing that they used to be there. Yeah, I like these sort of when they when they sort of remember their past lives without realizing that they are remembering their their past lives. Like there is a story that I recommended before. Uh, it's called Distant Echoes. It was written by uh, Sarah Bochan, uh, who's a friend of mine. And it's a uh, Merlin has been Merlin is immortal, and Arthur gets reincarnated. And from a young age, Arthur starts having dreams. Like once a year, he dreams about Merlin without knowing that it's Merlin or what it means. And like he dreams about this this stranger that he doesn't know. And it's only this one time a year that he dreams about him. And it's actually uh, the, I think it's the anniversary of Arthur's death. Like King Arthur's death, that these dreams come to Arthur. And he dreams Aww. about Merlin. And it's actually, it's a it's a vision. He just basically sees whatever Merlin is doing at that time, wherever he is, whatever he's doing. Arthur sort of, in his dream, watches Merlin uh, do whatever it is he's doing and he starts obsessing about this and then goes to find Merlin and once they they see each other like Arthur starts to remember his his past life I really am excited to like actually get because I think part of the reason why I find it very difficult to uh, get into this genre is because I left it so late because like I said I had a period of grief I had to work through and then I feel like it was too late like I was I didn't know where to start so I'm actually really looking forward to getting some really good recs and knowing what's good so I don't have to sift through the shit yeah. in mean, order to get to yeah. what's good one one thing that we have I'd also recommended before which is like the prime author returns a story that probably everyone listening to this episode has been waiting for us to mention yeah. is like <laughs> Marky already knows what I mean, but it's um, <laughs> like the cycle of the year we begin again by yeah. Catherine from Philly, which yeah. is like over a hundred thousand words long, I think a hundred and twenty k something like that. The first part there's a sequel, there's a sequel now, uh, which is literally what you could ever hope for from a season six it's Arthur like Merlin has been living near the lake all this time almost yeah all this time uh waiting for Arthur he has gone through hundreds of lifetimes over the years just always you know aging himself and then once he once he has reached a certain age he just makes himself young again and you know, passes himself off as a family member who's come to take over the business and so on. And then one day, Arthur actually walks out of the lake. And Merlin, Merlin is prepared for it. Merlin has an entire, like, castle tower that looks exactly like Camelot. He has made a room for Arthur that looks exactly like Arthur's chambers did in Camelot. And Arthur only speaks Britonic at the beginning. He doesn't understand any modern English. And Merlin speaks to him in, in Britonic. And he starts by giving Arthur, you know, a, surround, a surrounding that reminds Arthur of Camelot and then slowly eases him into modern life. And it's just really well written, really well thought out, really well developed. Their their relationship is like, it really picks up from the end of season five where they're like, uh, sort of understand each other and, and are friends. And then, you know, Arthur is aware of Merlin's magic, but Merlin is still wary to use it around him because, you know, he's not sure how Arthur will take it. And then 
bit by bit, Arthur, you know, is starts to be curious about Merlin's magic and and learn learn more about it. And then, of course, eventually, after I don't know how many thousands, ten thousands of words, they actually do get together. <laughs> yeah, I really like, this That's is really so high bad. up my list. So yeah, and then Lao has drawn a lot of art for it now, and the sequel. I haven't read the sequel, um, but the sequel, uh, yeah, goes goes further. And like the sequel was a collab between Catherine from Philly and Lao with even more fan art, and it's. Uh, I think the sequel is about as long as the first part. So that is basically, if you want a season six of Merlin. That is set in a in a modern day, which actually picks up where the where the final episode, the final scenes left off. This is the story that you want. I to need read. to read this. I really need to read this. It's... I'm I'm still waiting for someone who is not me, uh, and whose voice I enjoy to part fig it, so I can you know re-experience it because I'm too lazy to reread it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. It's really really good. Okay, so let's have some actual recommendations, and I'm gonna let you guys go first. Go ahead, Marky, because I've only got the one, so uh, you can you can. So speaking about ideal season six, there is the cycle, which in my head is exequo with an artifact that I adore. It's huge because it's like more than. 400,000 words long, but it's amazing. It's epic. And it's the Change Trilogy by Ambrunk's XX Zero. The yeah. author has written, I believe, like already three reincarnation fics. And in this one, there is a long prologue in which Merlin, uh, Merlin's life through the ages is told. And he comes across various types of magic and people and there is a sort of apocalypse in the 90s, and the story uh, from book one starts uh, from a, in a post-apocalyptic London, and in this one, Arthur comes back, and all the other characters sort of reincarnate, but Merlin doesn't know why, and is very worried about it, and in I'm not given it justice by telling you this, because my brain doesn't work well today sorry and um in this one i just i'm just going to read the summary merlin has spent thousands of years preparing for arthur to rise again with the united kingdom divided after world war and mysterious killings happening in london it seems the time has finally come but arthur does not rise alone and the story opens with um merlin and arthur going to um a crime scene and they're sort of working for the police, but not really. And there are many issues. Uh, the plot is amazing. Um, there is a lot of angst. Uh, the characterization is spot on. I really recommend you to read it. It's it's amazing. And there is uh, fun art by Mushroom Tail. So another one I have is History is Doomed by Hello Earthlings. And this one is told by Egrain an Egraine point of view, and it's a reincarnation of you, I believe, and it's very peculiar because even though there is Mirtha Endgame, it um, focuses on Egraine and her relationship with Uther and Arthur, so we got to see the relationship between mother and son that we never had, 
And there's also um, references to other immortal beings together with Merlin. Um, I believe it was Gilgamesh. Yeah, it was Gilgamesh. Oh, that's and, amazing. Yeah, it's very good. It's very peculiar and um, I love it. Then I Will Wait For You by Azel Sage. And in this one, there's the trope where children can see magic while adults cannot because they've lost what Wordsworth called the celestial light. And it's told by an OCPOE. There's this little girl who watches Merlin sitting in a bench gazing over the lake every day. And he, she approaches him and um, the story is told through her eyes because she gets to become like Merlin's confidant. And he tells her about his old life and why he's every day on the bench um, because he's waiting for Arthur. And it's very nice. It's very cute. You know, it's told by the eyes um, from the, the eyes of a child. If you love angst and Merlin on the brink of madness, there is The Heart You Call Home by R.B. Mangroves. And it's set in the 50s. And this yeah. Arthur is reincarnated has dreams about his past life, but it doesn't have the moment, in that epiphany in which he remembers all of his past memories. He remains his own 50s person, but Merlin is mortal, and so there is this sort of distance between the two, because Arthur has to uh, know Merlin sort of again. Oh, another one. It's Only Sun in the Summer Lasts by Arthur underscore Dragon. It's very short. But um, it's it's lovely because my favorite line from this is that's not like the old religion won't cheat Merlin. And even though it sounds quite ominous, it's actually uplifting and hilarious. But, you know, there is this um, deal with death and uh, Merlin, who is fed up with being immortal and all that jazz. Then there is a double IP. I usually don't recommend those, but this one really stood out. And it's the Starting the End series by Uni Asus. And as we were talking about this before, it's not Mirtha Endgame. In this one, Merlin is a property tycoon. And he has lived through the ages. And all the other characters, except for Arthur, have reincarnated multiple times. And he has had love affairs and love stories with all of these. And uh, with also other um, uh, people. And he has got descendants, but he doesn't care about those descendants. Because he's just going to see them live their life and then die again. And so he just lives through the ages. And his rich is loaded. And when Arthur comes back, he doesn't want to deal with this bullshit because he, Arthur doesn't want to adapt to modern life. Uh, he wants certain types of jobs, but he can't keep them. Uh, while all the other uh, knights and also Gwen reincarnate at the same time as Arthur comes back and they have adapted to modern life. And it's, it's strange, but kind of, you know, I really liked it and I have added a little shot with the author. And it actually ends in a sort of polyamory because even though the characters don't remember uh, their past lives, Merlin does and is sort of in love with all of them, with Gran, with Lancelot, with Gwen, but not really with Arthur. And 
it's a work in progress, but I think you can read it as it is. I think it's sort of complete. And I think that's all. I may have more, but I might just send them later awesome no i am very very excited about all of these i'm shit i'd recommend this stuff i can't really give it justice sorry no honestly Honestly. your enthusiasm definitely comes through i'm so happy you mentioned the heart you call home because i was gonna wreck that as well okay so i'm just quickly gonna do the one that i had because i finally found the link so it uh, we have mentioned it before but it's called uh lights go out here i go again and it's by uh, Hafizbin. I think that's, I don't like using names. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, the summary has a word in it that I'd rather not say out loud, but I'm sure someone can fill in the blank. So shortly after Arthur is resurrected in the 21st century, he finds Merlin's blank. Vibrator. <laughs> Um, and uh, this is not a game of cards against Merlin, by the way. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so such a good uh, black card, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> he finds Merlin's blank. All of Merlin's exes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so there is a podfic of it as well by uh oh Mama, you would know how to pronounce this one. Jella. Oh, Jella Um, which I think I've listened to. Uh, I can't remember, but I but I have read the fic and I really, really like it. It is extremely funny and then has a lot of like feels towards it. I think basically because this makes you the summary makes it sound as though like there may be already a thing, but they're actually not a thing yet. And it's Arthur finding this item that then um, kind of brings them together because he asks because when he finds out what it is he then asks Merlin to use it on him and then that kind of gets them together but it's actually there's like a really sweet moment I remember like while they're actually you know that Merlin I think says something like oh like I just can't believe how much I've missed you or something like that so it kind of you know starts funny then gets a little caffeinated and then uh very much uh <laughs> who's laughing is that my mind? <laughs> and then I love it. Oh when God. i finally get my own place uh which i'm saving up for furiously so in about two years it should be a thing um i'm gonna be very much in a in a world of wilderness and i think i'll still be using these words because i won't be used to saying things out um uh yeah so you kind of go through all of the stages of uh of things it's 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 not a very long fic it's just a one shot but it's the only one that i read and i actually read it not knowing that it was uh arthur returns and i just read it because i was really interested in the high literature yeah (laughs) yes it's always me laughing (laughs) for the people who are like me and momo it is bottom Arthur. Like, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That has to be pointed out. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I love it. For the people who are like me and Momo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really good. It's like, yeah, but it's also like really good coffee. It's not like shit coffee. It's like really good. So It's, it's not as the value it's coffee. It's not as the value. It's like... <laughs> Isaac, why don't you give give us our your regs next? <laughs> Were you talking to me? Yes. That's okay. why I said Isaac. I, you were laughing so hard. I just could not. I'm not the now. Okay, yes. 
Isaac, would you please uh, bestow upon us your recommendation? <laughs> okay, so um, I, I have a couple of recs. I say couple, it's probably too much. But um, uh, I've talked about a few of them. So the first I have here is Accidental Memory in the Case of Death by Derriere. I do not know how well-known this fic is in fandom because I know it wasn't on LifeJournal, but Derriere deleted their LifeJournal and re-uploaded it to AO3 but it doesn't have a lot of kudos on AO3. But it's really good. So the summary is, Tony O does not befriend losers. Tony O is not gay, not crazy. He is not particularly nice, and he is most definitely not royalty. Destiny disagrees. So what this is fic is basically about, it's, uh, it's reincarnation, uh, as I would classify it, and not Arthur Returns. Um... Merlin and Arthur are fully reincarnated as different people. And in this fic, it's sort of like um, role reversal because Merlin is the um, rich one with a mansion and Arthur is uh, has a mum and uh, is a bit of like a problem kid and he skateboards. And they have different names as well. So Arthur is called Tony and I can't remember Merlin's name at the moment but it's it's basically about the connection they have and it's sort of forced upon them by destiny one of the tags is uh, unresolved sexual tension which i think sums up this fic very well um so yeah that's my first one um and then i uh, have we talked about this before now i will unsettle the ground beneath you by new breed so fair warning this fic does involve cheating um Summary is Merlin's dreams have always fueled his art, but they've always been abstract and removed from reality. Soon after he meets Gwen, he starts to see vivid images of a past full of death and magic and love for a king who was ripped from him. Things only escalate further when he spends a weekend in the country with Gwen and meets his group of friends, which includes aristocrat and it boy Arthur Pendragon. Merlin soon realizes that no matter how hard you try, one thing is certain, you can't fuck with destiny. So basically, it's it's again like reincarnated. They have a bond, can't stay away from each other. It's a good fit. Recommend it. There's a sort of a one shot connected to it that has two scenes with it from an author's point of view, which I also recommend. Yeah, there used to be a pod fic for it by Fluffy Llama, but there's no no working download link for it anymore, which is a shame oh. because that's how I found the story originally. Sad. <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wreck all of my favorite ones because some of them are deleted. But um, then I had The Heart You Call Home by LB Mangroves. Was uh, Marky already wrecked that, that one, so I'm not going to go too much into detail. Uh, then you have uh, Journey into the Interior by Amber, which I was talking about before. It's Merlin in uh, working in an erotic massage parlor. Arthur is an actor who walks in and kind of stalks Merlin. Merlin wants nothing to do with him because he doesn't remember his past. Um, and it, it's basically just porn with plot, guys. But you know what? We all love some porn. Um, I already talked about this one again. I keep going over the world we knew over and over by uh, Melisita, which uh, sort of involves an amnesiac Merlin and Arthur has uh, a way to save climate change and they just keep like running into each other because destiny. It's also very good. Ten out of ten would recommend. Um, you, I have, and you will be my life by Magnolia eight eight two, 
which in her summary, in their summary, I'm sorry, they say uh, it's a reincarnation fic with a twist. So basically Merlin looks into one of the crystals of the crystal cave and he sort of flashes forward to modern, like modern times and their reincarnations in modern times and sees that they are together and he sort of wants that. Okay, so this one I think everyone knows probably, but I'm wrecking it anyway because I love it. It um, will be a dream by Sarah Geek 16. It's Merlin and Arthur meet as kids, and it's it follows like their entire relationship from when they were children to going to high school, going to university. At some point, they have a kid if that appeals to you. Um, and it's it's just fun. Um, Short summary is Arthur and Merlin literally collide when they are five years old. From there, they slowly stumblingly grow into their connected destinies as the king and his wizard. Um, and then we have what what Marky was talking about, which is such a great fic. Honestly, if you haven't read this one yet, you like Mirtha, please, please, please go read it. Please it's- do, please do, please do. It's so good. It's called The Chakra of Merlin by Sweet and Sharp. The short summary is, in the far future, Merlin has left Guardians to be sure the universe is looked after. And then the once and future king wakes up. So I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil too much. But Merlin sort of leaves versions of himself for Arthur, but he himself disappears. And Arthur comes back and he has to deal with all like different versions of Merlin and it's good it's so good it's a great character study of Merlin it's it's amazing just go read it if you haven't it's amazing yeah for sure Uh, and that was it all right thank you very much I have a couple more so I have two figrags one of them is called one day at a time which was also written by Sarah Bochan it's uh, roughly five and a half k long. It's rated teen, and it's a uh, you know it's domestic. It's Arthur returns, and there are some other reincarnated characters in this. The summary reads: Arthur had returned a couple of weeks ago, and Merlin and him are slowly but surely settling into their new routine of adjusting Arthur to the modern world, preparing for the impending threat to Albion and making the best out of this second chance. This is a story about one of these normal, calm days in their new lives. And Sarah also drew some fan art uh, herself, which she included in the story, and she wrote this uh, on a request by Truckeon, who requested, like, Arthur returned modern-day domestic fluff, basically, and that is pretty much that it's like 5k of domestic fluff with Arthur settling into his new modern world life and my second rec is my second fic rec is called steam written by new kate which is roughly 40 and a half k long rated explicit it's a steampunk au sort of sort of but also reincarnation it's um a Renaissance-era steampunk reincarnation AU featuring brilliant engineer Prince Arthur, his savant mechanic Merlin, a robot bird, and an evil mecha is the summary. And that's pretty much it. The The premise is that, you know, magic was used to 
make big machines move and do all the work but then there was and like this is this came out of the golden age of albion when gwen was in power like she utilized magic to make machines do a lot of work and then uh there came many centuries later there came another purge and magic was banned again and now the mechanics are trying to make these machines work not with magic but with just you know steam power basically and uh merlin is still has magic he was reincarnated along with arthur and a bunch of the knights and it's it's really interesting there's a part fic by penny play knits which i can highly recommend i've listened to it a couple of times already and then i have some other wrecks one of them is a fan art by a chelsea b and it's a fan art that i own as a print and it's basically you have in the background you have the lake and uh the isle of the blessed or whatever it's supposed to be with the little tower on it avalon maybe i don't know and then in the foreground, Arthur, who apparently just came out of the lake, and Merlin throwing himself at him, and both of them hugging and laughing and being happy together. And I have another fan art that I would like to recommend by Lao Pendragon. This is a uh, three-piece art, sort of. And the first part is Merlin standing in the lake, and the second one shows Merlin going deeper into the lake. And the third picture is Merlin and Arthur both still in like waist high in the water, hugging. And the title of it is Waters of Avalon. And if you've ever seen Lao Pendragon's art, you know that this is just gorgeously drawn. There is so much light in it and it's just absolutely brilliant and sort of glowing on the screen. Then I have one funny art by Mari Lewis, who is just such an amazing artist for especially comedy. And it's a, it's a tiny little comic that Mari Lewis drew after the Brexit vote yeah. went through. And um, it's so the first panel is just, you know, um, who was the Prime Minister? David Cameron? Was that him? Uh announcing yeah. like the, the British yeah. public have voted to leave the European Union and uh, there will must be respected and then the next panel you see like Merlin in a bathtub going like really? And then it's sort of the water starts uh, sort of bubbling and the last panel is just Arthur rising out of the bathtub being like I'll be on rise again and it's just it's hilarious this is just absolutely brilliant and My such great comic question is, does he rise from, like, between Merlin's legs? Yeah. Yes, he rises <laughs> yeah. from between Merlin's legs. I literally, love in the bathtub. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Then I have, what I would like to wreck, a gift set of an AU that Katie McGrath, not not the actress, the user on Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> but for all we know, it could be the actual Katie McGrath on Tumblr. Who knows? Um, they made a gift set that is uh, uh, just Arthur returning with like there's a, a panel of like London going up in, in smoke and flames and then it's like uh, the last panel is just Arthur walking out of the lake and it's just really cool uh, manipulation work for a gift and I just I, I like this one it's just the first panel is like Merlin looking pensive and then 
the last one is Arthur walking out of the lake, and I like this. Was it and, for Martha Daly's 10 years of Martha? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the first from... gift is uh, calling from the living and the dead? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the one, yeah. And last but not least, I'd like to recommend a tag on Brolin's Keep's Tumblr, because Brolin's Keep, as we all know, does a yearly rewatch of the series, and mm-hmm. after <laughs> Christmas, what Rue does is she populates her the king is back in town tag on tumblr with all sorts of author returns and author was reincarnated and reunited with merlin and the others sort of a use all over the place so you can check that one out on brolin's keeps tumblr if you want to cheer yourself up a little bit amazing yeah, yeah. all right i think this has been this has been all of the all of the episode, finally. I think we're at the end, yeah. Yeah, amazing. So next time, we will have uh, a new Love to Hate episode for you. We are going to be talking about cinematography and special effects. And we will have a guest for that one as well. Our music for Merlissen, as ever, comes from the amazing Sidesteppings, who composed our theme music. Our news jingle music comes from Manzardian on freesound.org. I'm Momotastic on AO3 and pretty much everywhere except on Tumblr where I'm Momotastic27. And I'm also Momopods on AO3 for my podfic. Come and find me if you're interested in any of my works. And I'm Miss Snowfox with an extra X on Tumblr and Twitter. And then just Miss Snowfox on Instagram and Miss Snowfox Cosplays for my cosplay stuff. And I'm Miss Snowfox on AO3 and Magical Unicorn 22 on YouTube, where most of my fandomy stuff is in terms of fanfits. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's been lovely talking to our two guests who have been Marky. Hi. And Isaac. Yay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, until we're ready to speak to you again, guys, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.